there's Christ incarnating in the world then. Because what I'm really interested in in these old stories, these sacred texts, is is it a story that happened? It is a story that happened back then, but is it a story that's happening right now? And I think the only reason we still tell these stories is because it uncovers or exhumes the story we're still in that's similar to what we see these ancient peoples go through. Yeah. You, know, old, you know, people who lived in a very different world. Welcome to this special episode of the Upwards Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Johnson. Using this passion and commitment to craft, Scott Erickson has been a working artist for over a decade and had his work appear on CNN, National Geographic, and various magazines, newspaper outlets, and book covers. On this episode, I sit down with Scott Erickson, a painter, an artist, author, and speaker, to explore his book, Honest Advent. It is a beautiful and sincere 25-day Advent devotional focused on the deity and the humanity of the Christmas story. You can find out more about his work and the Honest Advent devotional and the links in the description. Please enjoy my conversation with Scott Erickson. The the genesis of writing like this, like how did you come across, think about Advent as kind of the launch of kind of really your writing career? Yeah. Um, well, I am married and I have three kids. And so uh, the joke is, is like, I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one. And we were pregnant with our third. So I've seen, I've, I've witnessed firsthand close adjacent uh, three pregnancies and three births. And um, it was a year Although different headlines, very similar, you know, conflicts around the world, refugees, pandemics, illnesses, uh, pol uh, polarizing political stuff. And I remember walking into a CVS and going, oh, it's Christmas. <laughs> you know, it's like mm -hmm. November. It's like, oh, yeah, Christmas, because everything mm -hmm. is decorated at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And just going, man, none of this feels like it has anything to do with the world I live in. Mm. And, um, and that, and that really was like the question that started in me was just like, yeah, does it, is this just is, cause I love the brand of Christmas. I love the music and the colors mm. and the, the whole feel. I think it's a really, it's a brand. It's what it is. It's, yeah. it, you know, it's been building over decades, but it's like a whole thing. And, um, and yeah, but I was like, this, is this just a distraction from reality or is this, a message of hope for reality. And what is that? What is that message of hope? And, and then I think the deeper question was, is Jesus incarnating in the world just something that happened 2000 years ago? Or is it still happening today? Like, is it a memorial service? Or is it a birthday party? Because mm -hmm. if it's a memorial service, then great. I'm glad that happened back then. Mm. Hurrah. But if it's a birthday yeah. party, that means it's still going on. And if you ask any kid at a pageant at a church, who's dressed like a shepherd, <laughs> when's G whose birthday is it? They'll be like, it's Jesus. So it's a birthday party. So I was like, well, where does, where is Christ incarnating in the world then? Because mm. what I'm really interested in, in these old stories, these sacred texts, is, is it a story that happened? It is a story that happened back then, but is it a story that's happening right now? And I think the only reason we still tell these stories is because it uncovers or exhumes 
the story we're still in that's similar to what we see these ancient peoples go through you know people who lived in a very different world um and as i started yeah and then when i'm and so then i had these questions and then i looked at what my wife was going through and i was like you know pregnancy is magical and beautiful but it's also really like painful and uncomfortable a lot of bodily fluids and (laughs) and uh it's very vulnerable the whole process yeah and what really got me was like oh if Jesus came into the world just like all of us have, which was through human vulnerability. And if we're going to find Christ incarnating in the world, it's probably going to be in the same way through human vulnerability. So is that filter that kind of like caused me to my curiosity and my passion and my desire to know God with, so it went, went into that, you know, when God, when a question comes up, it's an invitation to know something. And so, Mm. uh, and then as an artist, my, I just, I'm like Hamilton. I, I, I wrote my way out. No, I, (laughs) I drew my way out. You know, I'm like, what are these images? And I, and I, and, and I was like, Oh, I need to make something that doesn't look anything like, snowfall and yeah. cabins and <laughs> even hallmark and hallmark stuff right yeah even yeah and i i don't mind being called a christian artist but like i'm not a bible illustrator you know like yeah. i'm not i'm not here to make women and men in flowing robes like yeah. because i know historically we can build a case archaeologically because of like amphora vases and leftover mosaics but like nobody knows what it looked like back then (laughs) whatever you think it looks like is something we don't is made up and so it's all invented so i was just like well i can make up my own vocabulary for this and so i the the book if you see it is it doesn't look like christmas at all like in a christmas section you're like that book doesn't look like it should be here (laughs) because it's like very on purpose to not be any of that brand it's like no no this is like a story anyways that's that's kind of all came and i started posting this stuff on Instagram and it, mm. p- the responses mostly from like from men, but also women yeah. were just really encouraging, especially since, the, you know, I'm not like, I, for me, I'm like a guest in the house, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not a mom. Um, I'm a parent, but I'm not, I'm not a lot of this biology is in a woman's body. And so right. uh, for me to then depict not not sexually but like you know very biologically like here's a female body here's what they're going through this is where the divine happening was happening yeah i just it was a wonder it was just wonderful to hear women go man i feel so honored and seen by these illustrations by these meditations and that and that gave me a lot of joy because that's all i was trying to do was just going the the art form i see you and it's what you're going through is a miracle yeah. a wonder so the art yeah. form i mean the the paintings the arts started first and then the book kind of came out of these paintings yes, drawings yes, I that did, were happening I did, I, I did like five meditations the first year and i think i did like five okay. more and then i did like seven more yep. and then by that third year i was like oh there's like a book here and yeah. i just did like a few more yeah we do 25 days um yeah. and was there I, yeah was there one that uh, you you did a piece of art that you did that you are like, whoa, that that connected to me in a way that maybe some of the other pieces didn't? Or was there one specific or a couple specific that just really kind of jumped out of the page 
spiritually, formationally for you. I mean, I, that, it's a powerful tool for, I think, the people that are engaging with it, right? As you look through it and see these beautiful images that are like, wondering as the artist, mm-hmm. how did that, like, were there certain ones that just formed you or wowed you or, you know, you were taken aback by kind of the expression that was being produced? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not very often, even though I'm a maker of stuff. I mean, you're always, you always need to push your own line of what's cliche. You know, you, you make something and you go, "Mm, it could be better. And you do it again and again and again. Um, I'm like designing a book cover right now and it's, and I'm like literally cutting out fonts out of paper. And I'm like, I'm going to have to do this a lot of times to get to, (laughs) it's just a lot of trying. Yeah. So I think, um, there was one, um, image when you're, when you're at a pregnancy, when you're at a birth, you're so filled with like adrenaline and you're tired that I don't think you're really aware of what's happening. Yeah. But when I, it, when I went back and I was like, Oh, what do births really look like? You'd be surprised the amount of uh, births people have put on YouTube. (laughs) You (laughs) watch those videos without the adrenaline and without the exhaustion. You're like, like I got sick. Like I was like, Oh man, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of fluids. And, um, I, but there's this one image that I have of this, woman who's kind of on her knees and she's done just kind of, you know, like a home birth. And then she has her baby. It's, it's under the chapter breaking. And, uh, and she's just kind of looking at this baby and yet she's like kneeling in her own blood that had, Mm. you know, like this blood, this fluid that had come out. And Mm. it's just like, here's just, how do you even describe it? And I mean, I know every human being came into the world this way, but just like, here's this thing that grew in me. And then all of a sudden here you are and you're a person and you're a mixture of like something from me. And then something complete, like whatever consciousness is that it's not from me. It's from somewhere else. It's from Mm. someplace deeper, you know? And like, and it's just like that kind of meeting. I think that one represents a lot of, Mm. I guess the juice still in spirituality for me is, um, is the paradox and the, of the amalgamation of our soul and our biology. This Mm -hmm. like, we are, um, like Jesus coming into the world. It says two things to us. One, it says we're not supposed to be anywhere else. Um, there's a 14th century, uh, mystic named Meister Eckhart who says, if God, if God's goal for humanity was heaven, then he would have never created the earth, mm. <laughs> which is a great line. <laughs> Cause you think about it. So you're like, if we're just supposed to go somewhere else, then why are we here? It's like, yeah. no, th- this is where we're meant to be. And if we're honest here is very complicated. It's yeah. I mean, in my show say yes. And in my book about it, I mean, one of the things I say is like, we all know life is a miracle. Like, we have the math for that, but there are days that why are, why are there days that the miracle sucks so bad? And if there's a giver yeah. of that miracle, does it have anything to say about the suckiness? Like we, mm. you know, our sacred texts are filled with other women and men who were, who wrote laments, who ex- suffered extreme loss, who were um, confronted with unsolvable mysteries and yet still are like, 
my heart yearns for you, God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's that. We're not supposed to be anywhere else, this human life. But then Jesus, just like in any kid, we, you know, one of the things as a parent is you look at your kids and your job is to make sure they're not, to raise them so they don't become monsters in society. But like yeah. you, also you, kids, people come into the world a certain way. They come into the world a certain way. I have three kids. They are a mixture of my wife and I, but they are very much their own person. They're their own people. And you and I and everybody listening, we came into the world a certain way too. Uh, Our environment definitely affected us, but there's a deeper part of us. There's a deeper part of Jesus and Jesus illuminates that deeper part of us. And what Mm. Jesus's incarnation says is like, you're supposed to, you're, you're not supposed to be anywhere else in here. But you're also who you are is anchored in something deeper. Um, Father Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan friar in his book, describing what Franciscanism is, what's the practice of Franciscanism based off St. Francis. And, and he said his summary is like this is the, the the spiritual world is much, much larger than the physical world. But there's no way to access that spiritual world except through the physical world. Hmm. And so what that's saying is like, hey, there's a much larger reality, but we can never see it except through the window of this reality. And we catch glimpses of it every now and then. Like there is no mountaintop where you can go see God. There's no, You can't climb a mountain and then you turn a corner and there's like a floating deity like, I knew you were going to come here. You know, like it's not like that. What even Jesus says is like, hey you fed me when I was hungry. You gave me water when I was thirsty. You visited me. Uh-huh. I was sick, et cetera, et cetera. And the people are like, when yeah. did we, we never saw you like that. And he's like, Oh, when yeah. you did it, the least of these you're doing to me. He's saying like in the act of love, in the act of loving your neighbor as yourself, you're loving God. And this doorway, some kind of portal sliver of what's larger. We see a, a little bit of, you know, mm. like there's no way you'll never see God. You only can see God out of the corner of your eye your whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at least yeah. that's that's my summation of my yeah. experience at 46. I'm like, you yeah. never get to see it full on. You just catch glimpses of it out of the corner of your eye yeah. your whole life. And so yeah. um, that was a long answer. Uh, so that's that's what that image does to me and all of those kind of meditations. Yeah. It really, it really like. Yeah. It just, cause I, cause I, and I look, I love the history, the art that is throughout history. I just think we mostly have sanitized and in, in order to give reverence for our sacred stories, we very sanitized them. And, mm-hmm. and I actually have a whole chapter in the book, which is called sacred. And it's just like, how do you make sacred art? Yeah. What is, what is sacred in it? And it's saying, we want to give reverence to something that, that was really meaningful, but what we do in giving reverence is we like put some clothes on the people and wash them off a little bit and put some gold leaf behind their head because that's a way to honor them. But like what that does is we slowly dismiss our own biological (laughs) complexity from sacred happenings. We go, that happened to those people. It would never happen to me, but really it's happening right in the midst of, all our, you know, just all our farts. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I need to work yeah, this the, in somewhere, but like, yeah, every, uh, there are, there are two things that are hiding in every meeting. And one is 
being uh, farts and the desire to never be uh, like be, be wrong socially. Those are like the two <laughs> things that are high. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were talking about the. <laughs> You're talking about the sanitizing piece, which I think yeah. is really interesting in the dynamic. Like I, you have like little sections in here around vulnerability, unease, assumptions, breaking, need, fear. It's uh, like no. you don't find those themes in any other advent we have an <laughs> related materials, or at least the ones that I have seen. Yeah. Um, why like address like kind of these deeper issues, the deeper issues of humanity? these things breaking you know this breaking off the kind of the sanitizing s story that we hear um every year why why dig deeper what what was on your heart to really push into these um vulnerable expressive areas hmm. uh, i mean i think partly it's just if you ask these questions you get into it so i think there was uh -huh. just that just a natural yeah. occurrence uh, or uh the path that went down. Yeah. I wasn't uh, like, <laughs> I wasn't trying to make a book about like birth pictures either. You know, I was yeah. like, Hey, <laughs> let's get as much ambiotic fluid as we can in this, in these pages. It just was like, uh, it's a good question. I'm trying to think of how I can summarize it without going on forever. Uh, I think some of it is just like the religious institution culture that I grew up in had a really hard time with physicality, mm. um, never really honored bodies, never really didn't teach embodied spiritual practices of just love to live in its head is really what it was. And, mm. you know, specifically, and also, like it said, female bodies are so sexy, don't even be in a car with them. And they, you know, it just, they're, in not in a direct way, but it was very like skeptical that anything good came from a female body unless it was in marriage and then it was serving a man. Mm. That's, that's kind of it. So yeah. there's a bit of like giving honor and, and wonder to how this all happens within bodies. Mm. Um, and then I just like, <laughs> I I just think like uh, and I think there's another part of me in my journey is that ma the where I grew up the, like we were like Jesus was God and man and then we never talked about him as a man we talked about him as well he could do that because he was God but actually mm -hmm. what really changed for me uh, partly was when I went through spiritual direction school and had some teachers mm -hmm. but partly it was like um, there and I don't if it's okay, I don't really want to get into this because it's a really long thing, but like, yeah, there is a way when, when, okay. In Philippians two, when Jesus says like, he, you know, he totally laid down, like he humbled himself, became a man. What he also becoming human means he didn't know everything that was happening. Mm -hmm. I think there's this like built in way of talking about Jesus. Like Jesus knew what he's going to happen. He knew he's going to die on a cross, but no, like why he's crying in a, why is he crying in a garden? Oh, it's going to be really painful. Yeah. Mm. People do, I get tattoos and they're really painful. They, mm. You know, like he's crying in the garden because he doesn't know what is after dying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. know if he's going to resurrect. Nobody has ever mm. resurrected. Why? Mm -hmm. That's not the, he's facing what it means to die. Part mm. of being a human 
is living with, I don't know what's next. I don't know how this is going to turn out. And, and then, but then like thinking about Jesus being a a baby can't do anything for itself. It's so vulnerable. And I think, and it's, it relies, it needs people. I think one of the last sections in the book is just like, if Jesus was fully human, it means he needed people because you can't be a human if you don't need anybody. Being a human necessitates social interaction. You need people. So why is it so hard for us to imagine Jesus would need us? (laughs) God would need us. Yeah. We just, and then I think there's something deeper under there. It's just like this, I don't know if it's like American individualism. (laughs) There's, there's something, there's a rugged, I don't need anybody to do it all myself. Uh, (laughs) There's just, it's just, all I can say is it just, it, it leads to, you can only start to understand it if you be, if your heart becomes tender. And so Mm -hmm. I think these talking about these things is really to tender our hearts and then just to kind of go, I don't know how to think about this. And it's that place Mm -hmm. that I don't want to move from. It's uh, like, I'm not trying to solve it as much as just like get us to a space where I'm like, I don't, because it really is a mystery and we're not going to solve and we're not going to figure it out. But that, um, that mystery in the, between the paradox of God and man is what will transform us and soften us. And it's Mm -hmm. where we'll meet Christ. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think it was, and even just in my own experience, being in a body, getting older, um, you know, I'm like, and then my, my friend Hillary McBride wrote a great book, like the wisdom of your body. And I've learned a lot about like spiritual practices that are embodied, like walking prayers, um, silence, mm-hmm. solitude, these kinds of, even just before this, I know that I'm really close to burning out because I've just mm-hmm. been doing a lot. And I've recently come to know that there's this like kind of this little great outdoor backyard sauna that these people put out. Like they have like a, they have cold plunge pools. They have like a hot tub and then a, and then saunas and you can pay and you can spend some time there and kind of work through it and get in touch with my Norwegian roots, but doing in, especially in winter time, getting into hot water, cold water, hot yeah. room, that kind of stuff. It, I just went and did that. Cause I just, it refreshes me and stuff. And the whole time I'm there, I'm like, practicing gratitude i'm saying my mm. prayers i'm sitting in an ice bath that's very uncomfortable and i'm and yeah. it's bringing up all the things i'm mad about or angry about you know what i'm saying it's like this embodied mm. i can't just like think through it like i'm gonna take up my journal and write this out sometimes you have to get into it and you're like oh there it yeah. all is yeah. um and so that those things have become much more apparent to me and mm. that, oh, a spiritual life is involved with a physical life. And so, and mm. here's, here's a story where there's a lot of physicality to it. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So I, in the book, you talk a lot around not only Christmas story, but it's linked to the full kind of scope of the salvation story. Yeah. So like, as you were writing it, as you're painting these images, uh, how did you think about kind of the full story, both life and death? in kind of the Christmas narrative. The full story of, of like a human being, like, you yeah, know, the we full story and we of like and... Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. coming to the earth through his humanity, through his mm-hmm. divinity, all the way through death on the cross. There's seems to be this link between those two 
throughout the book. How are you thinking about kind of the Christmas story and the story of Easter kind of tied into one as you're thinking about um, creating this, this resource for us? Yeah. I I mean, uh, I think the, the main touch point for that is in the book of revelation of Jesus Christ. We always forget that that's the rest of that. Uh, so the re the revealing of Jesus is that he is the, the one who is the one who was, and the one who is to come. And and I have these three meditations on that line. The one who Mm -hmm. was the one who is the one is to come. And, and the one, the one who was means be, like John says, before all things were created through him, like he was there in the very beginning. So, so there's this intimacy, there's this Christ knowledge in this bigger idea of the Christ, not just Jesus's last name, but this, like the, the front facing aspect of an invisible God has, has been there and has, and, and so cares. Like, I, I think in that question, I'm like, our real question during Christmas isn't, is really like who cares? Like who yeah. who who cares about all of this? Who cares about yeah. our lives? Who cares about this world? Right. It's the who. It's the who who was. Um. That's the one who cares. Yeah. That's the one who's arriving, and then the one in who is, and then uh, kind of tying in like the breath, and and the ruach, and the ruach is this, and the spirit is the same word in Hebrew, and it and it and it's like the wind and the breath, and it's saying like our very being is like the name, almost like the name of God, Yahweh. And, you know, like it's there, he's in the midst of this. And then, and then the who is to come really just goes like, there's an aspect of Jesus that we don't know about, which is, will meet this Christ who was transformed only when we're also transformed through death. And and so how do we start? And I think in that one, I go, how do we start building a relationship with that Christ? We start by apprenticing ourselves to our own death, mm-hmm. because when we have to consider that this life will end, that maybe there's and 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 look, this is not I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the me after death. In fact, for <laughs> this might be some funny for some leaders, but wait, we don't know each other or people <laughs> listening. But like, um it's actually been really helpful for over a decade to, for me to go, there's nothing after this because a lot of my upbringing in institutional church, just fully focused on heaven and afterlife. Mm. And I, and which is fine, but I was like, that's all abstract. Nobody has any proof or knowledge of it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think I realized in kind of my deconstruction reconstruction, I was like, Oh, I think people were obsessed with afterlife because they, actually were, they felt like their faith was insecure about this life. And yeah. so they pivoted to just talk about afterlife. And then like, do you know where you're going to go when you're yeah. going to die? And be like, yeah. who cares? I'll be dead. Do I know yeah. how to do this life? Um, <laughs> it's such a weird thing if you really get into it. But yeah. I, but I am now probably because I'm in my later 40s, and I've had enough friends die already. But I'll just be like, if there is something after this, what will that be like? And who mm. will be there? And I and I don't have a lot to say about that at this t- stage in my life. So, and I say this in my show, say yes, at the very end, I go, whatever's after this, I don't know what it is, but I've experienced grace here. And I'm just going to assume that it's going to be there too. Mm. Because yeah. what I've also learned is that the the major aspects of transformation in my faith, birth, death, rebirth, 
brother, are you born again? It's not up to me. You're not, Mm -hmm. you don't get to be in charge of being born. You're just born and then you die. And then if you're reborn, you're not in charge of that either. It's, these are all elements of our faith that we're, or in our life existence that we're not in charge of. They put us in the hands of God, which is also the hands of grace. And so I just trust Mm -hmm. in grace because that's what Mm -hmm. I've come to trust in. Yeah. Um, But I think in that, it was like, if we're looking at, we know Jesus's story from, history so we know that he dies and we know that he resurrects and that he ascends and ascension is it's a whole other animal but yeah. like <laughs> yeah. but i don't get that in this book i have that in another work of, yeah. of stuff that i've done but like yeah i just it's an aspect of our life and so it's yeah. going to be in there i don't think i get into death too much as yeah much as like what does this say about it this but yeah the the full yeah. scope of the story right i mean mm-hmm. it's the full scope I, I read your book and think about the full scope of jesus life death resurrection you know the whole scope of of his life um which i think is is an interesting because a lot of times people don't do those two parallels together right the christmas story and the story of easter aren't always yeah. connected which is they a little feel bit of like <laughs> Oh man. So. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh huh. There's something to that where they almost feel like completely different people. Yeah. Um, with one little, we just have one little like, uh, bridge of Jesus being 12 and a, getting lost and finding him at a temple. That's like the yeah. little, the right. little kind of in between connector we have. Yeah. It's like the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. We just have like yeah. the little, <laughs> we have young Jesus Chronicles and then the, the movie franchise. Um, That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> no one under 30 knows, or even yeah. 40. I don't know. Yeah. The young Indiana Jones Chronicles does. Uh, one of the things that I. Yeah, one of the things that I think that is interesting is kind of this regaining of the anticipation during Advent. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think so much of our historical literature, songs, uh, art, uh, things that we're reading historically have been about the anticipation, right? And it's leading into the Christmas day celebration, the whole thing. We've kind of lost, I think some of that anticipation. And I think you bring that back in your book in some really cool ways. Um, I think the one thing that has blinded us around that has been our consumerism around the holiday and so what would you say to people around kind of the consumerism the anticipation of advent kind of the process of it like the full kind of scope of it um i i want to say it maybe whatever our questions are they might not be solved the morning of the 25th (laughs) that's these are just ceremonies or rituals that we create to kind of give structure to things. I do think what we can do from the season though is, and as we contemplate what a pregnancy is, what a birth is, all these things that then happened around Jesus's birth to different people and stuff is to go, am I paying attention Mm. to, to what's happening? Um, and maybe definitely we'll take it metaphorically, but like what questions are pregnant in me? Um, I've been trying, I've been learning and practicing like pilgrimage. Um, and what that really all the differences, Mm. like just, if I'll pose this, it's like two people could be at the same 
um, you know, temple in some far off country having completely different experiences because one person just got, got off a coach bus from their hotel and then is like seeing this thing. I mean, like, this is cool. I'll, I'll take a picture and post it on Instagram. Somebody else could have been walking for two weeks with their questions and their hopes and their desires. Mm. And they get to this temple, this church, this basilica, whatever. And they're like, here, and they've been primed. So it really, the, the only difference, a pilgrimage is just really intention. If you give intention mm. to your desire, your questions, what questions are you walking with? So we can use advent that's just going well am i holding questions what are the questions of my mm. life what are the things i'm that are interior and would the god of this world and my interior world bring those two worlds together in some way i didn't see and i mm. i would bet my money on yeah if you if you really take heart and and bring those things and i i just recently went on a trip to iceland and kind of had this mystical experience because i was doing that for like over a week just like walking with my questions even though there's no like sacred shrines that man built there's unbelievable like glaciers and volcanoes and crazy things there but like i had this really intimate private moment out on this beach where like it it was it was the exterior world met my interior world and I, and I was filled mm -hmm. with wonder and transformation. And, and I think yeah. that's kind of what the story of Advent is. It's just like, here's this thing that's starting small and then eventually it comes into the world and it changes all kinds of things for people. And yet the world is mm -hmm. still going on and stuff like that. So we could use this just as yeah. kind of a model. And if you live in the Northern hemisphere, you know, you're, you're seeing the exterior world lead you in that direction. The leaves are falling off the trees, the sun, it's getting yep. darker. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a seasonality to our spiritual practice that lets us uncover these things in us. Nobody wants to deal with the deep parts of their life in the summer when they're at barbecues. No, you're like, <laughs> you're like swimming in, you know, you're swimming and you're eating grilled hamburgers and you're doing all that fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's when it gets like dark and hard that you're like, Oh, I'm going to dig in. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I hope this isn't a news flash for everybody. Jesus was not born on December 25th, but the reason, <laughs> the reason it is, in our calendar on the 25th is because it's, or the Christmas Eve is because it's three days after the solstice, meaning three days after the darkest day of the year, just kind of like how mm -hmm. Easter, Jesus went into the grave and comes out three days later. It is to go the darkest spot. All of a sudden light mm -hmm. is coming into the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, a, yeah. it's, it, it's, yeah. The, the, I don't know who did it, but whoever came up with the calendar, church leaders at the time, yeah. very specific. They're building into yeah. something. They're building in something to go, oh, what does living in the world teach us? Oh, it can get really depressing at this time. What if we celebrated yeah. Christ incarnating in a world? Yeah. That's, that's amazing, right? That's amazing that they yeah. did that. And yeah. we have that. Uh, I don't know what you do in Australia because yeah. you're at the beach. And, uh, and that's you're just, <laughs> it's obviously... The church leaders were from the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. They didn't care. They didn't care about right. New Zealanders. So um, that's yeah. that. So I have been like, when I went and sat today, this afternoon, I just was, I sat and I was like, what are my questions? 
I'm, I have mm. questions about people who support me. And I was like, what, what do I, how was, I was like, what are my relationship with them? Oh, I have so much gratitude. Mm. Oh, I want to bring them mm. along on the journey with me. And I guess sat and I sat and I listened and I talked to God about it and mm. was like, okay, you know, anyways, that's, that's, yeah, that's the direction I would give. Yeah. It's like, what are your questions that you're yeah. walking with? Yeah. Well, Scott, Hey, thanks so much for being on the pod. We really appreciate it. Um, you can check out Scott's work on Instagram, on his website. Uh, yeah, send all, all those links your, will be below in the description. Send all of your feedback to Daniel. He'll answer all those questions for me. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks so much for being on the pod. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. It was great. Thank you for listening to the Upwards podcast. We are an initiative of the Stephen and Laurel Brown Foundation and Upper House. To learn more about events, space, and our media catalog, please check out upperhouse.org.